0: Here's what I want you to do. Turn to the book of Proverbs. We're studying the book of Proverbs in the month of October. Somebody tell me real quickly, how many Proverbs, how many chapters in the book of Proverbs are there? 31 different chapters. We're reading a chapter a day. And what we want to do, we want to breathe deep in the book of Proverbs. It is so relational, it's so Life changing as we read it every day. Can somebody remember how many Proverbs are in the book of Proverbs? How many different Proverbs? 719. So when you look at, did y'all get that? Did y'all know that? 719 different Proverbs in these 31 chapters, and we're just praying that God will take them deep in our life. Here's what I titled today, Breathe Deep. Did you know physically for our bodies, it's important for us to breathe deep? when we breathe deep, we can think clearly. Our body's receiving all the oxygen it needs. Did you know when we breathe really shallow, it really affects all of our body when we're not breathing deep? I I learned that lesson several years ago. Several years ago, I I got uh, bit by a Uh, something probably a tick or something and and I got a disease in my body and it made me really really sick for quite a few days before I went in the hospital for a a while I I mean my fever would go to 104 down to 101 back all over the place and finally my doctor put me in the hospital and I had to have surgery and bring all the infectious disease doctors in it took them Quite a while to figure out. They didn't know if I picked up something on a mission trip overseas when I was somewhere, but they think I got bit by something. I got all this stuff. You know, going through all these different antibiotics, trying to figure out what they got to do to kill this, whatever it was in my body. And in the midst of that, one day, a a nurse brought into the room a torture machine. It, It wasn't very big. It wasn't like it had to be plugged in. This torture machine did not have to be plugged into the wall. As a matter of fact, it didn't even weigh that much. She brought this little contraption in that was about this big. And on the coming from it was a a tube. And at the end of that tube was a little mouthpiece. She said, Eric, all we need you to do is you need to hold both sides of this, put that mouthpiece in your mouth, and there's a a floater that's in this thing. And all you got to do, you just got to breathe in and out, and and you got to see how high you can make that floater go. Simple. Let me tell you, if you're the caregiver and you're looking at that person why can't you do that? I mean, you take that, I mean, you come on, do it. You try. <laughs> sure, it's easy to give somebody else a hard time until you're having to do it. I remember having that oh, all those days in the hospital. I was in the hospital a long time with this crazy thing. And I, I'm holding that thing, breathing in. What were they trying to do, though? I keep my lungs strong? They wanted me to breathe. Deep and not breathe shallow. Here's the invitation today. Are you breathing deep when it comes to God's Word? Or are you breathing really shallow? I want you to picture God's Word as as you're in the hospital room of life. And and I want you to picture, here is the good news of the Word of God. We believe every word. It's inspired. It's inerrant. It's absolutely perfect. We know God wrote a book. He only wrote one book, and it's the Scripture. And, And we know that every day we need to take it and breathe it real deep. So here's, will you do me a favor? Will you just take a moment and take a really deep breath? I mean, some of y'all were doing that when Florida about got beat yesterday. I got my orange and white tie on today. My volunteers finally won a game. We can celebrate that, can't we? I'm asking you to read a proverb a day for 31 days. I want you to breathe deep in the Word of God. You know, we're always told, we're always told, how many days do you have to do something to develop a habit in your life? They say if you do something 21 days in a row, you're starting to develop a habit. I I want you to develop a habit that you get your journal, you get a pen. And you get your Bible every day, and you go deep in this book. Why do we need to go deep in this book? Because Proverbs is going to teach us how to have right relationships. So let's dive in. and Look at Proverbs chapter 1. We're going to do a big overview. Uh, Last Sunday morning, I I preached at the Port Orange um, Festival. Man, what an incredible journey that was. So we preached Proverbs 1, 7. The fear of the Lord is beginning all uh, wisdom of all knowledge. But this week, let's kind of look at the big picture. And let's breathe deep into the book of Proverbs. Write a couple things down. Let's talk about the book of Proverbs. We said there's 31 chapters. What is the background? The book of Proverbs is devoted to practical living. Right there in your Bible, and, and I write in my Bible all the time, right above the word Proverbs, I want you to write practical living. I mean, Psalms to us, when we read the Psalms and we do the Psalms, they are devoted to devotional life. The book of Proverbs is for practical living in our life. This book is a book of divine wisdom applied to earthly conditions. Let, let's define the word proverb. Look on the screen, it'll say this. The term proverb means a brief saying as opposed to many words. That's when you study these 31 chapters and and each chapter, each verse can be a message on itself because it is not a long, long message. It is very short. It is short statements that are drawn from long experiences. The question is, somebody answer this, who wrote the book of Proverbs? Solomon. How do we know that Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs? Well, look at Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1. Look at Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1. How does the entire book of Proverbs begin? Y'all go ahead and read the Proverbs of who? Solomon. How do we know that Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs? Well, it just tells us, and these are the Proverbs of Solomon. Turn to Proverbs chapter 10 and look at verse number 1. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 1. What does it tell us in Proverbs 10, 1? The Proverbs of who? Solomon. All right? Go on over to Proverbs 25, chapter 25, and look at verse number 1. Proverbs 25, verse number 1. These are the Proverbs of who? Solomon. Solomon. So, very simply, who wrote the book of Proverbs? Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs, and we know this, that we talked about briefly last week. Remember, he had the conversation with God, and God said, what can I give you? Solomon did not ask for wealth. He did not ask for power. He asked for wisdom. And God said, Solomon, because you asked for something really, really good, you asked for the right thing. Not only will I give you wisdom, I'm going to give you wealth, and I'm going to give you great power. Well, the Scripture even tells us how many proverbs that Solomon wrote. Write this Scripture down. 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 32. 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 32 tells us that Solomon wrote a lot of different proverbs, a really short truth that came from a long circumstance that is practical living in our life, everyday life. How many, somebody tell me in 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 32, how many Proverbs, and you see it on the screen, how many Proverbs did he write? 3,000 Proverbs. Not only did he write Proverbs, how many songs does it tell us he wrote? 1,005. So wait a minute. Proverbs tells us he wrote it. 1 Kings tells us how many Proverbs that Solomon wrote in all of the songs. So Solomon is recognized as the author of Proverbs based on the internal evidences and the external proofs. But what what is a really big picture of Proverbs? Well, look at this statement that Warren Wiersbe wrote in this B series. And if there's ever a commentary I would tell you to have, go get the B series. It's absolutely wonderful. Look at what Warren Wiersbe says about the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is the best manual you'll find on people's skills. When I talked about Proverbs as a manual, I had a man come up to me at church Monday. He said, Pastor Eric, you know, men never look at a manual. Is that true? Well, there's one manual you better be breathing in deep. That's this manual. And look what it says. It's going to give us one where he said, the book of Proverbs is the best manual you'll find on people skills. It didn't take me long to live in Volusia County. The was everybody doesn't have the best people skills in Volusia County. I mean, when was the last time you went out for dinner and you looked at the family sitting next to you? What is everybody doing? They're, I mean, they got their faces or in their phones. As a matter of fact, not long ago on a Wednesday night, I, I saw a group of students in, at, at church, and all the students were sitting together on a row. Every one of our students, they all had their phones out there Snapchatting, they're texting each other. They're going on back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I just watch them all. They're going on like this, and they're going on. I mean, they're intense. I mean, these students are sitting there. They're just intense. So I went up to them and said, Hey, I, I see, who are y'all talking to? They said, We're talking to each other. I thought a moment, wait a minute, the four of y'all are sitting here, I said, you know, there is a thing that you can look at each other in the eye, and God's given us words that you can say to each other using your voice. I mean, how many of y'all agree with that? Woo! I'm not, I love you teenagers, I, I love you. I love you. I got four of them in my house. The book of Proverbs is the best manual you'll find on people skills. Why? Because it was given to us by God who made us, the God who can teach us what we need to know about human relationship. So here's what's going to happen as as you study the book of Proverbs. It's kind of like opening up a, a toolbox, Uh, Let me ask you, when you open up your toolbox, do you just have one type of tool? Could you imagine if you open up your toolbox and all you had in your toolbox was a hammer? Can I tell you what what Solomon is going to do? He is open up the toolbox on how to build strong relationships with people. I mean, we can't handle every relationship that we got with a hammer. There's some of them we want to, isn't there? I mean, mean, some friendships, one of my my great friends, his name is Joe Moon, and Joe was on a a mission trip, and he's on a mission trip. He's up in the air, he's on this scaffolding and all that kind of stuff. And one of his great friends came by and and hit his feet up, and he nailed his shoes to the scaffolding. He's stuck. Could you imagine if the only tool that you had for relationships was a hammer? Well, Solomon is going to give us multiple things. This, this right here is the, a stud finder. When we've been moving and hanging all those pictures up and all that kind of stuff, you know, you go... Um, here's what I want you to picture. Proverbs is God's toolbox, and he, he He gives us a lot of tools, just not one, so we can know what it means. And here's the one word, write this down, here's the one word that you're going to get constantly in every single tool. That word is wisdom. Turn, look at Proverbs chapter 4. I want you to see this. This is just good. Look at Proverbs chapter 4. Look at verse number 5. We're going to jump all around because Proverbs is just unique. It's not like we're in the Gospels. Look at Proverbs chapter 4. Look at verse number 5. It says, get what? Wisdom. Does anybody know, how many times does the word wise or wisdom appear in the book of Proverbs? 125 times that word wisdom or wise appears throughout the book of Proverbs. Why? Because the aim of this book is that our relationship with God is right and our relationship with other people is right. So what are some of the main themes? Let me give you today five major themes that you're going to see throughout the book of Proverbs. Let's start. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. I'm going to be brief on it because I spent the whole sermon last week. Proverbs, the major theme, number one is Proverbs 1, verse 7. Let's look at it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all knowledge. There's two types of people. People who fear the Lord and the people that don't fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord implies that we are sinners and God is holy. The fear of the Lord implies in our life that we are accepted in Jesus Christ alone. The fear of the Lord tells us that our joy and our satisfaction comes. In God alone. When we have the fear of the Lord, that means that we are disciplined in our life and we are a disciple of Almighty God and we will reap the benefits of that. So Solomon says hey, tool number one, fear the Lord. Second major thing that we see in the book of Proverbs, write this down. We're going to see how to know God's will for our life. Turn to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. How many of you say this is your favorite verses in the Scripture? Anybody say, this is one of my favorite verses of Scripture in the Bible. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And let's look at it. Solomon is telling us to know God's will for life decisions. Let's read it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That word trust, when you look at it, it means to be stretched out. That's really the text of the Scripture in the Hebrew of this. Trust in the Lord. It is saying, I am being stretched out. I am completely laying myself out before the Lord. And, Lord, I am trusting you in all things. It says, trust the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not on your own understanding In all thy ways to acknowledge him. And here's a promise. And he will do what? Hold on, let's read it. I, I might have lost you. And he shall what? Direct your path. Did you know that with God and the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you, you have a personal GPS living inside of you? Have, has your GPS, your navigation ever led you the wrong direction? Yeah. Did you see about that one family? They they are suing the company, their navigation company. They had a GPS, and they're going somewhere. And they ended up in the absolutely, last winter, they ended up in the mountains and in the snow, and they about died, and they're suing the company. I got some good news for you. God's GPS never goes wrong. God's GPS is never going to send you down the street down the street the wrong way. I mean, how many of you have ever gone down a one-way street the wrong way? Man, I need to pray for y'all's driving abilities, don't I? I got some good news. The promise of God is, and he shall direct your path. This is an absolute promise of God that when we trust him, we acknowledge him, he is going to direct our path. Now, I want you to go to Proverbs chapter 6. Let me show you a third thing. Number one, fear the Lord. Second thing, he will direct your path. Third thing I want you to see, there are seven things that God hates. Look at Proverbs chapter 6, beginning in verse number 16. These are the things, it starts out with 6, but there's really 7. It says, these are the things that God hates. And I put right in my Bible, God hates how we look, how, how, with our tongue, he, with our hands, with our heart, with our feet, and with our witness. Look at these things that, he, that Solomon lays out that God hates. Verse number 16. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look. Pride. Any of y'all ever struggle with pride? Uh, uh, Let's raise your hand. Any of y'all ever struggle with pride? If you're not raising your hand, you're too prideful to raise your hand. (laughs) On Wednesday night in prayer meeting, and by the way, if you don't have anywhere to hang out on Wednesday night, come to prayer meeting. All of us in prayer meeting, we have a great time, don't we? We just dive in God's Word, and we try to go deep in it and let it speak. Every one of us struggle with pride because Adam and Eve sinned. Adam's sin came to all men, and because of that, you and I were born with pride. You were born with it. You never you never went to class. You never had to go to class pride class 101. God says, I don't like it. Here's a reason why. I want everybody to look at me. I want you to get this. When we're prideful, we are saying we don't need God. Look at the next thing, verse 17. A proud look, a lying tongue, mm. hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deceives wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among the brethren. What Solomon's saying, these are Proverbs, and he says, God hates these Number one, fear the Lord. Number two, we can know God's will for our life. Number three, these are seven things. that Look at Proverbs chapter 5. Proverbs chapter 5 tells us how we can build a successful marriage. It is telling us how we can build the unity and oneness within a marriage. Here's what I want you to do with Proverbs chapter 5. Will you do this with me? Will you, will you breathe Proverbs chapter 5 in? Breathe it in deep. College students, breathe Proverbs chapter 5 in deep. High school students, breathe Proverbs chapter 5 in deep. Every man in this room, I want you to breathe Proverbs chapter 5 in your soul deep. Every lady in this room, I want you to breathe Proverbs chapter 5, indeed, here is the reason why. In 25 years of being a pastor, the text of Scripture that I'm about to read, I have watched destroy family after family. I have watched teenagers. I have watched young children weeping and crying out. I have watched great destruction happen because of Proverbs chapter 5. What has happened is, we have breathed Proverbs chapter 5 in shallow. We have said, did God really say this? What did Satan say? Did God really say that? Look at Proverbs chapter 5, verse 1, and I I want you to get this. This is um, my son. Pay attention to my wisdom. Oh, by the way, did you breathe God's Word deep last week? Here's the invitation. The invitation is going to be a challenge of the next seven days that you breathe in God's Word deep. How's your quiet time going? What's your quiet time look like? Hey, can, can I ask you, what are you studying in God's Word At God's teaching you? Hey, what, what, what scripture are you memorizing right now to feed your soul. When was the last time you just opened up the Word and you said, God, breathe deep into Him? Here's the invitation. Will you make a commitment the next seven days you're going to breathe deep into this word? It's amazing the first week that we put our five-minute devotionals on, five to seven-minute devotionals. It's unreal how many people watched them the first week. Then I'm watching the, the second week, and it's, it's incredible how many people watched the devotionals the first week, and how many people watch the second week? How, how, how many have ever been like me? How many have ever say, God, I'm gonna breathe deep in your word in about two days? You do it for two days and you're just back to life. How many of y'all have ever been guilty of that? And then when we wonder why we don't live a victorious Christian life. Oh, breathe deep in His Word. It's what Solomon's telling his son, Proverbs 5, My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Lend your ear to my understanding. That you may... Preserve discretion, and your lips may keep knowledge. Verse 3. For the lips of an immoral woman drip honey. And her mouth is smoother than oil. One of of my friends that leads a very large company, He learned a hard lesson. He learned the lesson: if you don't date your spouse, the devil has somebody that will. As a matter of fact, in the probably the last ten years, I've dealt with. Amy and I've dealt with more ladies being unfaithful in marriage than men. What, what does Solomon's telling? Say, for the lips of an immoral woman drip honey, her mouth is smoother than oil. What, what, what does the devil do? The devil in our flesh, it makes it look so good, smell so good, it's gonna taste so good. This is gonna be so great. But look in verse number 5. This is what we forget. Her feet go down to death. The average one of us in this room, we open up our phones at least 150 times a day. We are opening up our phone. And every time we open up our phone, can I tell you, there is a temptation there. And 150 times, every time you open up your phone, going to be knocking at the door of your soul. There's going to be something knocking at the door of your flesh. There is something, ladies, there is something, men, that is knocking at our heart uh, over and over and over again. And it's dripping with honey. It's going to smell good. The devil's going to say it's going to taste good. They're going to tell you, this is what you need. What happens is we haven't breathed in deep. Verse number 5. Her feet go down to death, and her steps lay hold of hell. But, Pastor, you just don't understand. You don't understand that temptation, that issue. If you step in it, her feet, his feet are planted in the depths of hell. Look at verse number 6. Lest you ponder her path of life, her ways are unstable. You do not know them. Therefore, hear me now, my children, and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Remove your ways far from her. And do not go near the door of our house. Men and ladies, don't go near the door. Look at verse 9, lest you give your honor to others and your years to the cruel one. Over and over again in the book of Proverbs, you're going to see the picture of a husband and a wife. Look what it says in verse 15. This is where it tells. Look what it's telling the son. Drink the water from your own cistern. Don't go to a cistern that doesn't belong to you. Go to your cistern that belongs to you. Drink from the water of your own sister and running water from your own well. Should your fountains be dispersed abroad, streams of water in the streets, let them only be your own and not for the strangers with you. Let your foundation be blessed. Let your fountain, let your fountain be blessed, and rejoice with the wife of your youth as a loving deer. In a graceful no. Solomon saying. Keep your right relationship with God. Keep a right relationship with your spouse. Fifth thing, and I'm done. Number one fear God. Number two, Solomon tells us how to know the will of God. He'll direct us. Number three, seven things that God hates. Number four, how to build a successful marriage. Number five, write this down, how to get along with difficult people. I think all of us have in common difficult people. If you live on planet Earth, you're going to deal with difficult people. There are difficult people all around us. How many of y'all give an amen to that? Y'all been silent today. Y'all been really quiet today. Look what it says in Proverbs 15, verse 1. Next Sunday morning, we're only going to deal with, next Sunday we're going to deal with how do we use our mouth and our words all next Sunday. But look at how do we deal with difficult people? Look at Proverbs fifty one. I mean, just unload on them and let them have it. Hey, man, ask you. Um, when was the last time you just unloaded a bunch of words on somebody? You walked away, man. I showed them. Here's something my dad taught me. As a young, young man, my dad taught me. You know, my dad pastor for years and years and years. And my dad always taught me this. He said, Eric, as a pastor, there's going to be times that people are going to lose their words in front of you. They're going to scream at you. They're going to holler at you. They're going to carry on. Just get ready. It's going to happen. He said, whatever you do, Stay submitted to the Holy Spirit and always answer with a gentle spirit. He said, don't answer back their wrath with wrath. He said, whatever you do, look at Proverbs 15, verse 1. A soft answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. Look what it tells us in verse 13. A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Look at verse 16 and 17 in chapter 15. Better is a little with a fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. Better is dinner with herbs where love is than a fatty calf with hatred. Look at verse number 20. I think this is for some of our more seasoned people in the room. A wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish man despises his mother. Verse 22, without counsel, plans go array, but in the multitude of counselors, they are established. How do we deal with difficult people? The soft answer. Right, here's the invitation. I'm done. Here's it. I want everybody to focus right here at me, right here. Here's what I want you to do. This next week, I want you to take your Bible. I want you to take your journal. I want you to take your pen. And I want you to breathe deep. Lou and I were talking about it this week. Lou, I can't remember what day we were talking about it. I think it was Thursday. Lou and I were talking about one of the greatest issues that we have in the American church today People are breathing so shallow on the Word of God, and they don't know what we believe, why we believe it. They cannot defend it. They don't know anything. Why? Because they're breathing so shallow. So here's the invitation. Breathe deep on the Word of God next week. How are you going to do that? Make sure you get your Proverbs devotional. Read the proverb a day, breathe deep on it, and say, God, speak it into my soul. Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that Solomon over and over again in this text of Scripture, it is giving us biblical, godly truths that we fear the Lord, that your Holy Spirit gives direction. It gave us wisdom about what you hate and you despise. Lord, you tell us in our is to keep the wedding bed Holy and righteous. You tell us that a soft answer turns away wrath. But Lord, we got to breathe deep. Lord, I pray that we will breathe deep the word.